You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name, of course, is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well, wherever you are in the world, and I know you are all over the world because I get correspondence from you, and I appreciate the fact that you are tuning in. Now, the reason for the chat today is because it's with David Davidson from Revocation. Now, there are a few others that I've been looking forward to a conversation with as much as this one with Dave, and he's a good bloke, and the reason for the chat is to promote Revocation's appearances alongside Cattle Decapitation in Australia this February, so I'm going to read out some dates. The first show is right here in Brisbane on the 13th of Feb at the Brightside. Sydney, you're next on the 14th, which is a Friday at Factory Theatre. Newcastle has a show at the Cambridge Hotel. Mr. Bungle played there back in 1996. Just as a bit of uh, trivia information there for you if it ever comes up. That show's on Saturday the 15th of Feb. Canberra, you've got a show at the basement on Sunday, Feb 16. Melbourne, you get yours on Wednesday 19 at Max Watts. And Frankston, which I suppose is the suburb of Melbourne, you've got a show on Thursday the 20th of Feb at Pelly Bar. There's a few more shows to go. Gosh, this is very comprehensive. Adelaide, you've got a show at the Enigma Bar. Friday the 21st, that will go off, that one there, being on a Friday night, as will this one at Amplifier Bar on Saturday the 22nd of Feb. That's in Perth. So here he is, David Davidson from the outstanding technical death metal outfit, Revocation. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, I was just about to give you a buzz, but this is nice, mate. Thanks for giving me a buzz. <laughs> no worries. Hey, mate, I noticed with your uh, with your uh, Skype profile here, you, you do lessons as well. I bet you're, yep. you're pretty popular with that, I'd imagine. Jesus, with the with the uh, the technique that you're offering people that they can employ. Um, yeah, I've got a I've got a good clientele of students that I've some I've had for a very long time, which is really great because I can really sort of see their progress and you know you just develop a good rapport. And look, one of the things that I've always loved about your playing is, and I'm a massive fan of jazz, and uh, I can hear how much jazz is in your playing. So is, is that something that, that you you teach students as well? Because, mate, you, you I mean, and it goes without saying, mate, you're a magnificent player. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, um, I incorporate a lot of jazz into my guitar lessons. I mean, obviously it sort of depends on the student, but if they have an open mind, um, I always try to pull that in. Um, I, I, you know, I transcribe solos that I'll, I'll, I'll bring to the table that we can kind of learn together or I'll work from other transcriptions. Um, to, just getting the vocabulary down in terms of sort of chord knowledge, scales, theory. I feel like jazz really pulls all of that in because obviously you need to, you know, have a great ear and know that stuff in, in order to, to be a good improviser. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's something that I, I definitely enjoy working with um with or working on with my students yeah sweet yeah look i don't think i need to tell you how uh revered yourself and the band are in australia because you're coming back down for the second time in two years which is a real thrill because i didn't get to see you guys the last time you came down when you were playing with psychroptic but uh you know yourself dan and the rest of the band you're always welcome down here and i think this is the uh the tour to support the outer ones i could be wrong or is it or is it just a great opportunity for you to come and play for the australian fans again uh, well, yeah, I mean, the Outer Ones has, has been out for, I think, a year now or whatever, but yep. certainly, uh, yeah, I don't think we played any of these songs in Australia yet, so we're, we're definitely still on the Outer Ones 
tour cycle. For us, like a tour cycle generally lasts like around, you know, two, two and a half years, depending on how busy we are and what the interest is before we go and start working on the next one. And was that album, was that received as well as you, you may have hoped? Because, I mean, look, my perception might be skewed here, but I feel like as though Revocation's popularity is only growing. Yeah, I mean, I think it uh, It seems like every record, we, we sort of climb the ladder a few more rungs each time. And with the outer ones, I sort of saw the biggest leap. I think with, with this album cycle, it really set us apart in terms of, you know, showing that we can be headliners when we go out um but also our support tours have, have gotten you know bigger and um you know just, just in general i feel like the response from the fans is, has been so great with this with this record um i think it's a combination of the material being really good and just us continuing to grind and, and being around you know sometimes you need to kind of hit people over the head like several times with, with with your music or with you know your your promotion for them to even just sort of pay attention right because there's so many things that are vying for our attention these days um but with this with this last one i feel like so many people took notice and i think it only reinforced our current fan base mm. and uh and, and and grew the band to to a bunch of new fans so that that's always the hope right Oh, bloody oath it is, yeah. yeah, it is, yeah, and look, I know you've been doing this for a while now, and look, I'm actually a genuine fan of the band, I love what you guys are doing, and I think I first heard you guys around the same time I worked out that maybe Necrophagists weren't going to be releasing any, any new material anytime soon, so 2010 or so, thereabouts, you know, so a couple of albums after you first came out, but I feel, now correct me if I'm wrong, that revocation really stepped into a void that I think was left by Necrovagist. So is that feedback that you've been given before? Um, not really. I mean, I think we've maybe been compared to, you know, different bands in the death metal and technical death metal realm. But, mm. um, you know, I think we kind of do our own thing. You know, I mean, I think Necrophagist are, are obviously amazing, but I definitely think we're, we write differently than them. Um, sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, they were definitely an influence on us. Um, you know, look, everyone's going to have their own sort of take on on different people's sounds. Sometimes people hear influences more so than others, or or sometimes pe people are like, "Oh, you guys must be influenced by this band," when in in mm. reality, we weren't really influenced by them that much. So, um, but I think uh, certainly. With with the outer ones, it's it's definitely our and I've said this in interviews before. It's our most most death metal album to to date. We really sure. sort of embraced that death metal um, element of our of our sound and really ran with it. So hmm. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just more the the blend of technicality, musicianship. Um, but not wanky musicianship, if you know what I'm saying, just to use part of the Australian vernacular there. It was musicianship for the sake of what the song needed. And that's what I think I liked about what you, yourself and Muhammad share. You know, and, and the other thing is, and I've got to hand you a really big compliment here. I'm a massive Chuck Schuldiner fan, Death. I mean, I've, I'm in my 40s, so I remember them when they were around in the early 90s. And you were one of the first people that came along that I felt was a spiritual successor to the work that Chuck Schuldiner was doing. Now, surely, to goodness, you've heard that, you've been given that feedback before. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're hugely influenced by Death, and, and I really appreciate that. I mean, uh, Death is definitely one of the bands that I can credit to, you know, why I play Death Metal today. I mean, I remember 
listening to, I think I actually started with Symbolic, I want to say. Nice, um, yeah, good starting point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, just you know, an incredible record. But, I mean, their, their whole catalog is great. And I think what, I mean, there's multiple reasons why I like, where I love death. Um, but, you know, one of them is they were sort of never afraid to evolve, right? You know, if you listen to, right. like, leprosy to, uh, you know, individual thought patterns to symbolic to sign of perseverance, you know, every record they were they were uh, pushing pushing the envelope and and really kind of changing their style. I mean, you know, even Chuck's vocal style changed throughout the course of the year. So uh, I was really inspired by that and and how you can sort of you know take take a band and really really evolve with it. I think the the metal fans out there are, are so great because they they allow a lot of times they allow artists to be artists and to. Yeah. You know, to take those risks and to take those chances. I feel like sometimes bands in other genres, maybe they get sort of like pigeonholed or they have to sort of do the flavor of the month to stay relevant. But with, with metal, at least with our fans anyway, they they seem to be really hungry for, for change and for experimentation. So as mm-hmm. an artist, that's very freeing that I know I can just kind of do whatever I'm feeling. Um, and, 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 you know, probably our, our, our fan base will, will support that. Um, Actually, funny story about death. We were death for Halloween, like way back in the day. I think even before Revocation, but with my my old band, we, wow. we played a a song off of every record. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's and there's a, there's a pull the plug cover floating around online out there <laughs> that you can find. We did a uh, a cover for uh, for for Decibel Magazine for their Flexi series way back when. So I think that's on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that 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 you've been given that feedback before and what you just mentioned there about death yeah i think uh i I, i'm of the view now i'm no scholar on these things here but i'm of the view that in the fullness of time that uh people like yourself and chuck shaldina you'll be discovered in say hundreds of years time now i don't want this to come across as an airy fairy statement but i truly believe the impact of the music that you're writing is universal and that people will find this in the same way that they find say schubert and mozart uh, now from hundred. Thank you so ago. much. I, that's that's a huge compliment. Thank you. I think uh, for for me, I mean that that's that's the hope, right? Is that your music will stand the test of time, right? Like I think all you know, truly great music has a has a timeless quality and sort of uh, crosses boundary lines in in terms of like the you know like you don't you don't have to be a classical fan to respect classical music. You know what I mean? Or to know that that Mozart or Chopin or you know, Stravinsky were amazing composers in the same way, you know, you can be sort of like a cash, you don't have to like know everything about jazz to understand that, you know, John Coltrane was one of the greatest musicians to ever live. I mean, you can just sort of hear, it's like undeniable, you know, so um, thank you so much for that great compliment. I appreciate that. Well, well earned and deserved. And look, the other thing made about you is, look, my preamble here is I'm a bassist and I try to sing and play at the same time. So Mark King is about my alpha and omega. So I, I do mimic and look at Mark King videos from level 42 of course and uh, try to deploy what he does nowhere near the way he does it of course but I do try but mate you're on a very similar level uh, from the perspective that very technical guitar lines and you're also bloody singing so I've got to ask are there, are there times when you're up there on stage you think oh man I should have simplified this riff when I'm trying to sing at the same time <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, there's <laughs> there's definitely been times where because I don't write like the the vocals to sort of fit the riff of that it makes any sense I sort of I write the riff and then I sort of hear a vocal pattern 
over it while I'm writing lyrics and stuff like that, um, mm. which to me, I think lends itself to, to having the, the, the vocals sound, you know, you know, creative, like, like, an, an, and fit on top as like kind of like a counterpoint to the riff, but it also makes my job very hard sometimes. Um, so yeah, sometimes I write a riff and I've got like a cool vocal pattern and, you know, when it's all said and done after it's been recorded, I try to play it. I'm like, oh shit, how am I going to do this? But, uh, you know, I guess that's the, uh, that's the challenge of, uh, of music, you know, I mean, anything that we're doing in, in, a, in a technical death metal realm is going to, is going to be hard in, in, <laughs> in some regard, right? So just, you know, a lot of practice and taking it slow and just trying to hone your craft. I had a chat to Trey Exacto's mother, of course, from Morbid Angel, because it's near impossible to, to have a chat to Trey himself these days. Yeah. And I, one of the things, because I, I, Trey is, was probably the first extreme metal guitarist I really, truly got into, and then I found Chuck and a few others. But um, the question that I had for Trey's mother was, when did you know that, that he was a guitarist? Like, when he picked up the guitar, did he just start playing it and it made sense? And she said, yes. There was a moment he was at his uncle's house and he picked it up and he started strumming it and he says, I like the way this feels and feels, and he's just never put the, the guitar down. Because of your accomplished playing and your ability on the guitar yeah sure you've uh, you've got the talent but you've obviously worked bloody hard to mine your talent too as Trey did so was there a moment for you too when you were a young fella and you picked up the guitar and went this is what I want to do uh yeah I think I've pretty much felt the connection like almost immediately with the guitar I remember seeing an Aerosmith music video and just really being enamored with Joe Perry's playing I mean I asked my mom to get me a guitar and I, you know, I pestered her for a while and, you know, we went to a music store, she got me a guitar, she started me on lessons and yeah, just sort of right away I made a connection to the instrument. I think there's always going to be sort of some learning curve, right? You know, so I, you know, in the beginning I was, I was practicing as much as I could, but like when the ability is not there, you're not really enjoying what you're, you're hearing, you know? So I, I actually do remember being sort of frustrated uh, early on, like my fingers weren't doing what I wanted them to do and just being like, yeah, I got to put this thing down because I'm going to break it in half uh, if I if I keep trying to, to play this. But, you know, take a deep breath and you and you, you, you keep coming back to it and you practice. And I, and I feel like sometimes actually sleeping on it really uh, yes. makes a world of difference. You know, like sometimes like you can't play something and then something happens in your brain when that sleep cycle, like things kind of reset and like the synapses all of a sudden lock into place. And you know, you can play something that you couldn't have played the day before, or you could play it like much better than before. So it's, you know, it was a, it was a slow process early on, but, but once I started, uh, you know, getting into it, I mean, I would play like five, six, seven, eight hours a day, like just like get home from school and just like go to my parents' basement and just like play like all afternoon into the night, like with my favorite records. Mm, yes, we, yeah, we can tell <laughs> because you've certainly accomplished enough. And uh, mate, I think I've got these interviews are always over so quickly. Got all the questions I'd love to ask you, but uh, I've got one more for you. Uh, sure. The artwork on the outer ones, I think, is brilliant. And uh, look, I, even for my podcast series, I reached out to Mark Cooper, who um, worked with uh, Lucas and the guys in Rings of Satin as well. But uh, I love what you've done here with the outer ones, with the artwork. But my, my question for you is, is your philosophy on band art, heavy metal, in, in heavy metal too, is it important or is it just one of those things that's, that accompanies the music? Uh, no, I think it's incredibly important. Um, I've always been a fan of of art, art history. You know, not just in the metal world, but 
you know, different art periods throughout time, Renaissance, all the way up through, you know, abstract expressionism. And, and I studied a little bit of art history in, in college. Mm. Uh, and I just I just became so fascinated with it because, you know, to me, you know, art history is world history. Right. I mean, it's a it's a uh, Indeed, yeah. it's and I and, uh, you know, to quote Bertolt Breck, uh, you know, he said art is art is not a mirror to reflect society, but a hammer with which to shape it. So it's I think art plays an incredibly important role and I don't take the role of art lightly. And, I, you know, if I'm on tour and there's like a museum nearby that I want to see, you know, even if my other guys like don't want to go, oftentimes I'll just go on a solo mission mm -hmm. and, you know, just just soak in these like treasures from from history. And I feel really inspired standing in the in the presence of, of that just incredible uh, talent from from ages past. So. Obviously, when we're thinking about artwork for the band, um, you know, I, I, I want it to, to to match the music. Um, you know, it's like anything. We sort of like take in the vibe with our eyes hmm. first, right? I mean, even even online when an album gets announced, like generally, like it's usually announced like with the album cover. So before you even hit play, you're you're seeing the visual of what the what the album cover is and. Um, I I bought records as a kid just based off of yeah, likewise. the album covers. Yeah. <laughs> like going through the store, you know, before the internet was like what we know it is today. Exactly. When I was a kid shopping at like random record stores, uh, I mean, I remember seeing like Butchered at Birth as a kid, just being generally like disturbed by the <laughs> by the album cover, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think artwork is is incredibly important. I think um, it, you know it fits with the aesthetic of, or, or or hopefully will fit with the aesthetic of the music and you know I, it's great to work with with different artists because you know so many of them like have, have similar musical influences right visual artists i mean so um it, it's awesome to to chat with these guys who are just as into the music that you are but they're coming at it from like a totally different medium so tom strom the artist who did the outer ones is a close friend of mine and cool. uh, we've had just such a, a good relationship over the years and, and he's he's delivered three incredible album covers for us mm. mate uh, as i say these things are always over too quickly mate but look congratulations on an epic career um i'll definitely be at the show i'm not missing out this time that's for sure so yourselves and cattle decapitation in brisbane i think it's i think it's sold out they had to move the venue uh in brisbane to a bigger one so mate, yeah that's, that's great it's great news man it's great news for for you guys it's great news for our city it's great news for the health of death metal man so man just please keep on doing what you're doing i love listening to what you guys are doing Thank you so much, man. Great interview. I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you there. Please come say hi. I hope everything's going okay with uh, with all the wildfires and stuff like that oh, down thanks, there. brother. Thanks for thinking of us, man. Yeah, I think it's improving. Thank God. We've had rain in the last two weeks. So. Good. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking to see. Yeah. All right, mate. Good luck with it all. Appreciate it again. All right. Take care, brother. I'll see you soon. For sure, man. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was the one and only David Davidson from the Boston, Massachusetts outfit, Revocation. Thanks for listening.